welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 11, titled Pop Goes the Queens. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one lascivious co-host from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I think we got the farts! <laughs> I knew you were going to do that one! <laughs> I knew it! Then why I didn't you call it? I knew that was going to be the one. To Taylor the Latte Boy, why didn't you call it then? Why don't you say it's going to be the one? It's going to be... I think we got the farts! <laughs> it was going to be either that one, or it was going to be, y'all got low blood sugar. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that be- one. I mean, I heard it, but I didn't think about that one. I have different options. I didn't pull them, but I had different... I, I, pull, I write it down in the notes, like, and this is the one that won, but... Uh, now, oh, the, the, the one with the farts, when he said that, I was just like, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be the one he picks. There were a couple of Hi. other Oh, hello. There were a couple other contenders. By the way, people over at Patreon who were listening live, they got their money's worth today. Because we did. I'd say. Yeah. They got a pre Just Between Us Girls. Then we did Just Between Us Girls. Mm-hmm. And then Dickhead over in Scotland decided to poke fun at me. And then there was a whole 10 minute post just between us girls. You know, a previous version of Joe Batance, pre-depression Joe Batance would have blocked Dickhead. Yeah. You know, now I'm just yep. like, I just changed his name to now, Dickhead. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. 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 I quit him as a client. <laughs> Uh, any any news, Taylor, that you want to share with uh, any drag racing? I saw that this is like uh, Drag Race Australia. Oh, by the way, I was talking to Taylor the other day on the phone, and we were talking about the different seasons. And Taylor was like, <laughs> he goes, "Well, you know, we have All Stars coming up, and Drag Race Down Under, and Drag Race España." And I was like, "Who <laughs> the fuck? Drag Race España?" <laughs> España. Yeah, and I was at first. At first, I thought he said Drag, Drag Race Australia. I'm like, he wouldn't say España, and I think it's the phone. And he goes, "No, Drag Race España." Do you want? Well, that's what it? it's called. Well, how should I say it? How should I? España, Drag Race Spain. But it's not called Drag Race Spain. It's called Drag Race España. This is America. Love it or leave it, Taylor. <laughs> Make Drag Race great again. Make Drag, oh, please. Please, somebody, you please help us. Make Drag Race great again. Yeah, um, but uh, but uh, but you know, I was thinking. You know, I made this pledge. I'm going to tell you something. I made this pledge, and I'm only going to do the flagship U.S. show, mm-hmm. All Stars, and Dracula. And I'm going to stick to this pledge. But listener Haley Sklans commented on Patreon somewhere, in in talking about Drag Race Down Under that. Her mom, as we know, Haley's mom, was excited. Has got it going on. Has got it going on, but she also... Sorry, too easy. <laughs> uh, I love that song. Isn't it Stacy's mom? It is Stacy's mom. And oh. anytime you ever say Haley's mom, uh-huh. in my head I always go, has got it going on. But okay, so... But um, she goes, oh, I can't wait to hear Lori and Joe do the Australian accents. And I was like, oh, oh no. Because <laughs> then I, we would get NatPat90 as the Australian person, and then me and Lori going, Hello, NatPat90! Hello! <laughs> Put another ship in the Barbie Bee! We're going to talk about Jack Rates! We're going to talk about Jack Rates! 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind that's of, not a queen. That's a queen. Yeah, we make those <laughs> jokes all the time and just get the Vigimi. And go get you, go get you, go get you, Sydney O'Hare's. And it's Karen from Finance. Do you know about this Karen from Finance drama? I know there's a queen named Karen from Finance that's been famous for years that other queens talk about that she's got such a great name. Uh, Was she problematic? Oh, yeah, it's been a problem for a couple weeks because she used to. So let me tell you, so I was talking to somebody, I don't remember who it was, and they were saying, oh, what do you about this Karen from Finance drama? Because she collects those, like, you know, those old. Black Cupid dolls, but when I say black, not only are they making fun of African Americans in a very racist way, but they're also literally the color black, which no human being is, you know? Uh huh. And they're super racist with like, just, I'm not going to get into what they do, but we all know what they look like, right? We all know. We all, those of us of a certain age know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Usually our grandmas had them or something like that, you know, but, uh, but he, he collects them. His boy persona collects them. And, uh, and so I wasn't necessarily apologizing for that because that, that is weird. But I was like, oh, but that is a thing people do and they've done and stuff like that. Like, and I was thinking it's mostly old people. I go, I mean, it's weird, but you know, some people collect it in an almost kitsch way, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I was kind of explaining that to this person. They go, no, 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 but he also has a tattoo of it. And careful. Oh. oh, yeah. And I go, oh, that's weird. Oh, that's not good. That's strange. <laughs> right? That's taking it to a Where whole Where is other... the tattoo? I don't know. I know she has since gotten it covered up. Right? Okay. But uh, but had a tattoo and would, I guess, put it on social media because people have pictures of said tattoo. Uh, I think on the leg, I'm imagining. And uh, it's um, problematic. To say the least. Okay. You know what's funny too is how are you fair? Because today we're going to talk. I'm assuming I know what I'm going to talk about. I'm assuming you're talking about the same thing. Is the patent unfairness of the show, and um, yeah, and uh, and how do you do a show where Karen from Finance is so famous and so beloved, but also one of the contestants on Drag Race Down Under is one named Art Simone, Mm -hmm. who already has a show on Wild Presents Plus. Um, so how do you, how are you fair to a person who's already done a show for you on the platform? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll be very interested to see, but uh, yeah, that's going to see. Well, let's get right into it. This week, the Queens test their drag race knowledge against the pit crew and then promote their brands by creating a commercial for their very own soft drink. Simone and Rose both snag a win while Utica and Tina Burner land in the bottom two and are forced to battle it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. In the end, Utica snags a Shantae you stay while Tina Burner is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things liked about the episode and one thing you did not. There were a couple of things that I liked that were slightly different. This felt like a different mini challenge than we've ever really seen before. And I would love for this to become a staple of the mini challenges every season of whether it's either past drag race, past drag race history, or even if they focus on one season, but they don't tell the girls which season it is where they just Mm -hmm. say today, we're going to be talking about season six. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to be talking about season eight. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to hear the pit crew talk. I don't know that we've ever heard the pit crew talk before in a in a previous season. The other thing that I liked about the new stuff um, 
was the idea of having the previous winner, the previous season's winner, come and talk with the girls and talk a little bit about this particular challenge. I thought that that was really great. I I love Jada and was happy to see her. I thought she looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. I also kind of love that orange seems to be sort of one of her signature colors. And I love the color orange. So that's she just looked amazing. Um, the thing and the, uh, the, so that's one thing I'm kind of combining them into one thing. The other thing was some of the looks on the runway were so polished and so amazing. Um, we'll get to that where we talk to the looks that there was, there was fun to watch. Um, oh, and I just thought of a third thing too. Can oh I say the gosh. third thing? Sure. I actually cheered when Rose won as well because I really liked Rose's and I was, I was a little sad that. Because I kind of almost liked hers more than I liked uh, Simone's for reasons mm-hmm. that we'll talk about when we talk about the commercials. Mm-hmm. But I was just like – I was genuinely happy for her. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I do not like is the goopery and the the clear – there's always been sort of this unwritten – we kind of know before the season starts they have a basic running order of who should go home when. <laughs> Like, and they just kind of pick them off one at a time. But the over the top ridiculousness of this, uh, deliberation and critiques was, was so ridiculous and so blatant that it was hard to listen to. How about you? You and I are very in sync today. Uh, one of the things I like was this mini challenge. You're right. It's a great mini challenge. They should do it again. It was fun because it's also something you can play along with at home. If you can beat the Queens, you know, it reminds me yeah. too, you know, we're also not to do another patreon.com slash afterthought media plug. Uh, for the exclusive tier, we're currently covering season three. And we just did an episode where they played a game that I'm surprised they haven't done again, where it was, uh, almost like a, a wheel of fortune, but where the letters fill in themselves, and they had a guess shit RuPaul says. Okay. And they had a buzz in first as the letters pop up on the screen, the first one to buzz in and finish the phrase. Which is funny, because it's the first time we see she done, already done, had hers is. It comes, it's one of the answers in the game, which I'd never heard her say in the show before, but whatever. And, uh... And so I was like, oh, I wish I would have brought that game back. So these kinds of games where the queens buzz in and stuff like that are very fun and they should do them more often. Next, I was a big fan of the looks. Um, not, not necessarily all of them. For instance, Candies was, was a problem and, and there are a yeah. couple other ones that I have quibbles with. But, um, but the actual theme was different from the, what they usually do. In my notes, I actually said, uh, the Boulet brothers are shook. But how much the show, because a lot of these looks would fit in very well with Dracula. And, um, not all of them, yeah, but, but a lot of them with would've. some tweaks. Yeah, with yes, some tweaks. I but would... yeah, but like Utica's look could have easily been a look that would have been on Dracula. Um, yeah. and so, uh, I really like the theme of the look. So that was a really good theme. It's so funny. I have typed out notes actually that I do. And on the thing I don't like, I literally wrote the Grigory stunt shows and tomfoolery with this judging where it's never been more blatant. Now, Taylor, I don't yes. like, I don't, as a general rule, do not give spoilers in the show. And I'm still not going to give a spoiler. Don't stress. Mm-hmm. But, um, but remind me, or can someone who's listening live remind me maybe around the reunion time about this conversation? Because at some point, 
in the episode, I'm not going to say when, I'm not going to say anything, they literally spoil the entire show. As someone who hosts a show called The Rumor Mill, we're talking about spoilers, they literally spoil the editors, maybe they're doing a little slight joke for themselves, spoil the entire show. And I was like, oh, that's bold, <laughs> right? During the during the main episode or untouched? I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But they spoiled the whole show. And, okay. uh And so, um, but it shows you how in the bag this show is for certain people. And it's just, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's predetermined. It's, it's something that we, I used to talk about in the early days of Drag Race. And people would write in, they probably don't even listen anymore, but they would write it and get really mad when I would say that this is, this is completely designed. You know? Yeah. It's story, stated storyboard today. This show is storyboarded. Now, I'm not saying there aren't any changes and differences and things happen along the way, but I think that the producers imagine a storyline and see how it plays out. And I think we saw evidence of that today, that people are, certain people are in the bag to make sure those storylines play out. And uh, it was very disappointing to see. All right, let's move on here. After Denali's elimination, Rosé mourns the departure of her best friend, Denali. Olivia struggles to clean the lipstick off the mirror. The queens congratulate Utica and Simone on their wins. The girls discuss the main stage question about who should go home. Most of them said Olivia, but Olivia, for her part, didn't take it personally. Candy, in confessional, doesn't believe Olivia didn't take it personally because Candy took it personally. The next day, the queens return to the workroom and throw some play shade. Meanwhile, Candy doesn't understand how numbers work. And next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini-challenge. It's a game show called Are You Smarter Than the Pit Crew? The pit crew appears on screen and asks some basic drag race trivia questions. The girls will buzz in with the answer and the queen with the most right answers wins. In the end, Candy Muse proves she knows more than the pit crew and the other girls. Next, RuPaul announces this week's maxi-challenge. The queens will each create a unique branded soda and star in a commercial for it. There's a lot to take in there, Taylor. Yeah. But, but yet, strange enough, a lot happened. Uh, any thoughts on everything that leads that right to the commercial break, essentially? Uh, that first yeah. act. Um, the whole idea of Olivia not taking it personally, but Candy saying, I took it personally. I think that sort of speaks to where both of them are in their lives. Yeah. As we'll learn more about Candy later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is possible to recognize that this is a game mm-hmm. and that this is where everybody has to say somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia was aware of where she screwed up. Mm-hmm. And I think that she shouldn't have, I, I, I think the fact that she took it positively and that it didn't turn into where she came back and did the Alexis Mateo of all stars. I'm sending all you fucking bitches home mm-hmm. is, is refreshing. You know, whereas with Candy saying, I took it personally, that's expected. Yeah. But that that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I do think Olivia is in a better place. And also, I think, you know, look, this episode is no different, actually, in that I felt last week, which it was actually not, apart from the, the, the horrible judging it wasn't a terrible episode to watch, actually. I know people right. are complaining about the season. It's it's milk toast, you know, but it's not boring, you know. Like I'm not right. watching, I'm not bored, but there's just not much to recap. And part of this explains Olivia in that the queens get along so well 
that she understands, look, they're put in this awful position. She was there too, and they have to say somebody, and she didn't do too well in the competition. And also probably recognize that the queens are just listening to what the judges say and anticipating what the judges said, you know? And so, yeah. and then also you think about it, the reason it came up is the girls were, they didn't apologize to Olivia, but talking about how shitty it was to be in that position, position and have to right. name one of their sisters. You know, and they all talk about the fact that they say the question, the dreaded question every yeah. season. So they know at some point this question is going to be asked at mm-hmm. least once. I feel like that's it's been asked more than once in previous seasons. Yeah. So it makes sense that you know somebody has to be picked, and sometimes it is everybody kind of gangs up on one person. And and if she did the worst out of everybody when everybody was getting glowing reviews, they should have all said her name. Mm-hmm. And she recognizes that. Yeah. That that shows that shows maturity for somebody who's as young as Olivia is. That shows a sense of maturity and recognition where you own it. Mm-hmm. You own that you didn't do a good job. Well, actually, what's really interesting, what's very, very interesting is we've learned in this episode and a previous episode that Olivia and Candy have had similar backgrounds. And what I mean is, didn't Olivia go through some sort of bullying thing in yes. high school? Yes. And Candy did too. And it's interesting how they both came out differently from that experience, where I feel Olivia took that experience and evolved. And Candy, and we can talk about this more on Elimination Day, took that and became the aggressor, which can often mm-hmm. happen as well as you know. Taylor wrote the book... Uh, the award-winning book. I can't wait till he talks about this. Bully me, bully you. Uh, uh, national by Taylor Latte Boy DDS, big bestseller everywhere, <laughs> and we, uh, we're gonna hear all about that. But like, but uh, but as you know, Taylor, often bullies have been bullied themselves. Yes, you know. Yes, and so, so, by somebody, it, it it works. It's it trickles its way down the line. Yeah. And, and, but then sometimes, like, for instance, you know, there's a kid, I don't talk about him that much, but I still keep in contact with him, Armando, this kid that I mentored, had a terrible upbringing, terrible upbringing, I mean, like a tragic, it was something you would see in a fucking movie, you know, and, but he, for some reason, I don't know why it is, the way that everything worked out, is that made him want to work harder, and be an A student, and go to Stanford, and study his ass off, and work really hard to get out of there, where for a lot of kids, that same situation makes them want to join a gang or do other things. And it's just interesting how the brain works and how it reacts to things. And we see that with Olivia and Candy. And mm-hmm. um, that Olivia takes it and she evolves. And Candy takes it and, and becomes a bully. So, I don't know. It's, it's super, super interesting. In terms of uh, other things, too... Uh, it's again, because I host a show called The Rumor Mill, I know what's going to happen for the most part. So I knew Tina was going home. Uh-huh. And there are little bits of, which they, this show does it all the time, but they're more obvious when you watch the show and know what's going to happen, where Tina says prophetic things. Like in, in this segment and the next se- and later uh-huh. on, on the next day, she says things, well, you know, I can still come back or I'm, you know, I'm time due for a win or something. I don't know what she says. Something yeah. like, you're like, oh, bitch. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, you poor, oh, poor bitch. I'm like Laverne and Shirley waving bye to the bottle with the glove on it, you know? <laughs> Tina being the bottle. Don't make fun of her drag like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, and then the other thing we're going to say is the next day, they're all walking. It's a minor thing. Or is it? They're walking in the next day. And I just catches my eye because I have an eye for this. Utica, they've mentioned this in the show. Utica has a big old fucking swinging dick. 
When she's walking in the next... Really? Oh, my God. It is like a baby's arm holding an orange, just swinging <laughs> in the in the wild as she walks in the next day, super happy, you know? And well, I'm like, she's super tall and lanky, so that's that's that, all of that helps as far as with uh, length and girth and Yeah, I don't know how girthy it is, but oh, my God. it, it well, I was like, hello, Utica. Can we talk about... The mm-hmm. fact that I had no idea that the one pit crew guy was Latin, Latinx. Did it turn you on that he was? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when he when he asked the question with the accent, I kind of was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, uh, Poppy, what did you say? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I've started calling Aiden Poppy. And uh-huh. you can tell he gets like like the shivers. You know, like he likes it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you say it with a thick accent? I do. <laughs> All of a sudden, I become uh, the guy from P- Police Academy, George Martin. <laughs> remember that guy who's the fake Latin guy in Police Academy? No, I don't remember that. I, that's actually kind of hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. The original Police Academy, there's a guy who pretends to be Latinx so he can get the ladies. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will have to. I will have to go back and uh, yeah. so, somebody will post in in the chat. A speaking picture of, of this guy and then I'll go, oh, I remember. Speaking of big dicks, this is Steve Gutenberg, legendary. <sighs> and you can see it a lot of times. You look at his early movies, he's wearing little short, short OP shorts. Mm-hmm. And it's just fucking just his Gutenberg is just girthy Berg is what I'm calling him. But anyway, we're talking. <laughs> Steve, Gu- Steve Gutenberg was that was a um was a moment for me. Oh, back me at too. like the age of like me twelve too. or three. I think yes. all of us of a certain age, we all had with the hairy chest and the little tiny <sighs> shorts and the big thighs yeah. and the and the big cheesy smile and, and the big cheesy dick in his pants. Yeah. Yeah, I would like the big cheesy dick in his pants. Absolutely. Can someone find a good I'm sure they exist, a good Steve Gutenberg bulge pick and put it in the Discord. Thank you. Yes. Um all right. Have you have you said anything today about this? Oh, go ahead. Um, okay. So then the next day was the mini the mini, mini challenge, challenge. which liked we liked, and mm-hmm. I kind of said what I wanted to think about that. I have a question. What is if you um do, do you drink soda? Do you still drink soda? Uh, you drink Diet Coke. I drink, I love Diet Coke. Okay. Do, have not, you always I, been a Diet Coke girl, or did you drink like full on sugary drinks before? I and if so, what were your favorites? <sighs> I think I was a fan for – I would have these moments. It's always Coke, right? Yes, absolutely. Always absolutely. Coke. I don't understand these Pepsi people. I think it's just Mormons or something like that, right? But <laughs> um, like, you know I won't go to Taco Bell or any, any Yum brand company and eat there because they only serve Pepsi. For a while – I think they spun brands off. of soda. They have other flavors of soda that aren't Pepsi, though. There's something about the Pepsi whole lineup that I just can't get into. Okay, I have a caveat with that, but okay. Like, I prefer, I prefer a lot of the Coke brands. In fact, even my new brand that I'm promoting, Topo Chico, is owned by Coca-Cola. You know, but uh, anyway, um, but diet. Coke, for some reason, I just literally, like, it's not even like, oh, because it's sugar-free. I prefer the taste of Diet Coke. That is just a flavor mm-hmm. thing. I just like it, you know? Okay. Um, but why Why are you asking? No, just just as a conversation point. I mean, uh-huh. I I haven't had soda in three, almost Nothing three Nothing carbonated. Uh, no, I've had car- like, like carbonated water, like sparkling okay. water. Mm-hmm. But I, I've had, like, ginger ale mm-hmm. in 
a drink or something like where a couple of times where like at the holidays, Taffy, my friend Taffy will make a drink and then she'll say, try this. She goes, and there's ginger ale in it. I'm like, I'm not drinking soda anymore, but it's, it's like a sip of it. And that's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But as far as to have like a can of something or a 20, 20 ounce or a glass of something like that, I don't miss it anymore with the occasional exception. Like last night we had Chinese food and for me, Chinese food always went really well with a cherry Coke. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of those where I was drinking my I was drinking my glass of water with it. Thought, oh god, a cherry coke sounds really good. I we grew up as a Coke family, and with the one exception of Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew was like the only Pepsi brand that I still really liked. Mm-hmm. And that was that deep, deep, deep into my not adherence with my diabetes days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Mountain Dew was Mountain Dew was the shit. Like where mm-hmm. I could just drink gallons of Mountain Dew at any time. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't can't get into Mountain Dew. I I, I tried. I know uh, our friend Adam Burns during a, <laughs> there was some sort of natural disaster uh-huh. that was going to happen in Arkansas, and he went to the supermarket and posted a picture. Man, the fucking South, man! It was like <laughs> all the diet sodas were still there, but the Mountain Dew was just fucking clear out. There's no Mountain mm-hmm. Dew or Diet Mountain Dew, and he was so he was fit to be tied, you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and you just will not try Diet Coke or even a Coke Zero you don't like either, right? No, honestly, I wouldn't try any of the diet drinks just because one, they all have aspartame and I always feel like that leaves a weird taste in the back of my mouth. But also I, I'm afraid that that would be sort of the gateway drug for me to go to, you know, getting other things. What about this LaCroix? We, we drink bubbly. Sure. We like bubbly, which is similar. Um, and the orange bubbly tastes enough like orange soda that I feel like I get the idea. Well, I, we like orange and we like blackberry. Those are our two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've tried the cherry and the cherry's really, but the cherry's hard to come by here. Every once in a while when you go to get some, like Target will have them two for eight dollars, two, two boxes of them for eight dollars. And the, mm-hmm. for some the cherry's always one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I've had LaCroix before. They're okay. But as far as a full on, um, a full on soft drink. It's been, it's, it, it'll be coming up three years, uh, next month. Well, you're putting a, a nice silver lining on it because you almost died from having too many hurricanes in New Orleans. <laughs> no, that was from, that was five years ago. Oh, what happened? No, that was, oh, was, was, was this the cancer? Because of the cancer, yes. You're because like, I, I almost had too many, died from too many hurricanes in New Orleans, and then I stopped drinking soda for a while, and then I went back to drinking soda, yeah. and then I got cancer, and yeah. I haven't had any since. You're so. basically in your own Final Destination movie, is what you're trying to say. I am. I will say this. I was so stressed out, because I haven't had soda, and I haven't had McDonald's. I've had other fast food, but McDonald's is one of those, because it's so cheap and it's so quick right by my house, mm-hmm. that I would just eat it all the time. Yeah. And I was so stressed out Thursday mm-hmm. due to some medical issues with the dogs mm-hmm. that on the way back to work, I'm like, I just want McDonald's French fries so bad. And I thought to myself, you know what? Three years is a good run. Fuck it. And then I'm like, no, I can't allow myself to do this because if I get that, then I know I'm going to end up with I'm going to end up with a Coke and then it's just all going to go downhill from here. So I decided not to do it. That's very strong of you. I thank you. I wish I could quit McDonald's. Because you have McDonald's a lot. Well, your McDonald's is my Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. I get I get Dunkin' Donuts just about every day. Well, definitely have McDonald's every time we do Drag Race Recap because, A, they're open, they're close by. And, two, you know what's so funny? It's going to sound really weird. 
Because I think McDonald's is always the poster child for bad health, bad fast food. But I mm-hmm. feel that they have options that you can do. So, like, my go-to uh, meal is only 300 calories. I get one Egg McMuffin and a Diet Coke. And that's my breakfast, you know. And I've actually lost, um, since we ended Fat Camp in November, another 10 to 15 pounds. So, have you? Yeah. Just from just, well, no. 10 to 15 pounds in the past six weeks because she packed on the pounds uh, during Christmas, but then, um, but, but just, but, but, but I still have McDonald's quite frequently, but I don't have fries. I have this new potatoes are evil kind of thing. And I generally mm-hmm. avoid potatoes. Um, and so, uh, and I just have been slowly dropping the weight and I've also been working out and whatnot. I'm sure everyone Excellent. in the public feed really appreciates all this extra information. All right. Um, oh, you know, one thing about the, the mini challenge, you know, they're, RuPaul kept insinuating the pit crew was stupid, but someone pointed out in Discord, and I think I kind of knew that Bryce, um, the white guy, the redhead, right. um, that he's an aerospace engineer. I knew that kind of because he has a YouTube channel now. He's trying to get a YouTube. Really? Yeah, he has a YouTube thing he's trying to get doing. And he's so nerdy. He's like super nerdy. And so I knew that he had some sort of like really smart job based on the YouTube channel. I just didn't quite know what it was. Um, so I'm like, well, we're calling him stupid. He's an aerospace engineer by day job. No one's paying the bills by being a pit crew person. All right. <laughs> Next, the queens gather in the workroom to design their soda cans, compose a, a jingle, and film their commercials. Tina chooses a burning theme and bores Olivia with the details. Gottmik tells Simone her design looks like a penis. Rosé will make fun of her focus on perfection. Utica wants a cow, and Gottmik plans to poke fun of herself, but runs into trouble with her storyboard. Next, Jada Essence Hall surprises the girls via video to answer questions and offer advice. Taylor Vellante, boy, any uh, thoughts on this whole segment in the workroom? I felt for Gottmik because in many ways, I think I have been Gottmik in the past where I've made things more difficult for myself than they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all go through experiences with that. But I, that was really resonating with me where they were saying, well, wait, can you do this? And I'm like, well, yeah, no, we'll just do this, this, this. And then and then suddenly get my head so wrapped wrapped up that i'm sort of like fuck what was i where where am i going to start mm-hmm. um so i felt for Gottmik in that moment i i would say that you know as i said before the, the with jada um jada was awesome mm-hmm. and i would love to see that happen more often i know that normally they probably would have had her come through the workroom yeah. but obviously they're limiting that that due to covid now, I have it in my notes. I completely agree with you. Like I said, we're very in sync this week. And it's happened a couple of times in the past when they brought in uh, a couple of girls during the Snatch Game. Now, I don't – the Vanjie one was weird because she was bad at Snatch Game. But I think – didn't they bring in Jinx one time? Yeah, they, they brought did. in They that, brought in Jinx uh, two seasons ago and then they brought in Vanjie last season. Jinx was a great one. They should really have former contestants, especially like people who are either really good at that kind of challenge or – uh, pe- previous winners, because I think it's also good for the queens to hear hear this stuff. You know, it's so funny. This is a little bit of a sidetrack. Here is I was talking to After Buzz TV and Afterthought Media personality Jay Ellis yesterday, and we were talking about you know a lot of people have been complaining about the length of this season and whatnot, and <laughs> some people, some people, anyway, <laughs> uh, some people might have had a small tantrum yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That are on this show uh-huh. and not the first chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 
Is that LaCroix refreshing, Joe? Yeah. I was, yeah. Yesterday when Taylor was going off about it, I was pouring whiskey into my LaCroix. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, uh, Taylor was doing very much a Chinatown. She's my daughter. She's my, uh, sister yesterday because he was like, well, I have to be here for the finale. I can't miss the finale. I have to see my mom. I can't be here, I have to be here for the finale. I have to see my mom. And I was like, well, pick one. <laughs> both couldn't you just take your microphone with you to on your trip i could i could i well the, the trip hasn't been scheduled yet yeah anyway. so it may, I, and we i may go up for mother's day so that may uh, be okay. th- at that point we're completely out of the woods yeah. but we'll, we'll talk about that later cut to rupaul says we're extending the season anyway the point i was making <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> um but but what the point i was making was you know we, we just wrapped up drag race uk and inadvertently inadvertently they took a seven month break between the first half and the second half just because of covid and i was thinking that that actually was a benefit for the show it gave the girls a chance to regroup and reevaluate you know because everyone talked about it's a very high pressure situation and you have to make decisions so like they could actually i wonder and maybe you could tell me taylor come a little behind do you feel the second half of the show is better or worse than the first half it feels more like an actual season mm-hmm. than the first half did. I mean, the first half, there was all the twists and the turns and all that kind of stuff. And that was interesting mm-hmm. to a point. But then you get to where it's episode – we're at episode 11 and there's still seven girls left. It just felt very like, okay, let's just have a double elimination or something yeah. to move this along. I mean, come on. Um, but you're also watching a show that feels more uh, – more like comforting because you know what to expect. They do, they do this challenge every season. You know, there's always the ones that have problems, the ones that do really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a comfort to that, but it's also sort of a comfort where I'm sort it's also sort of a feeling of where I'm like, I'm just ready to move forward. I'm mm-hmm. just ready to move on to the next thing or to take a break, to be excited for this. You know, you and I talked about the fact that between, you know, dr- between drag race, drag race, UK, Drag Race Down Under, Drag Race Canada, Drag Race Holland, Drag Race Espana, mm-hmm. um, and all of these different drag, you know, you're, you're going to be like where every single week it's going to be you're looking at drag queens on that mm-hmm. runway. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I understand that she's trying to get every last drop of juice out of this particular, you know, piece of fruit. But at some point, you're just sort of like, I, it, it's, it's getting to where you're becoming indifferent to it, mm-hmm. where I think that we're all getting fatigued mm-hmm. by it. But that's not to say yeah. that I won't watch all of them. Yeah. I'll still watch all of them because I want to be part of this community. Mm-hmm. For now, I'll watch all of them. Yeah. You know, for now, I'll watch. But at some point, I'm going to get to where I just kind of don't care. Yeah. So the point I was making was that perhaps that might not, might not be a bad way of doing things. You know, South Park, they do a 20-episode season, but they split it up by months. I think they do like 10 in the fall and 10 in the spring. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a bad idea to do something similar where you can you you can do your 16 episode season, you know, but bring in the girls, the same number of girls you did this season and do eight episodes and then give them a few months off. And I would say bring them back around the time you announce who they are and finish the season and give us a break, too. So we have eight and then, well, you know, cliffhanger and then we'll see you in a few months. 
and then come back and finish the season. It might not be a bad idea. Or two, or to be honest with you, just do two short eight was- seasons. Just thinking that I was just thinking that the other day where I said this would have been bet this this would be better, kind of like the top model uh, way that they used to do things of where they would have two cycles. They would do two cycles a year. I just have a smaller group of girls that you become more invested in faster because it's not like in the beginning where there's 14, 15 girls. And, you you know, yeah, you know, as much as I love Olivia, I forgot that Olivia was on the show for the first four or five episodes of the season of where she would come walking and I go, oh, yeah, there's Olivia Lux. I forgot about her. Whereas I feel like if it was where she was on it with a group of eight girls, that I would I would have to be more focused on her. I, I would lo- I would be much happier to do two seasons a year if they were much shorter episodes, sh- shorter seasons. Someone on Reddit blew my motherfucking mind this morning. They made a joke about Kamora Hall and they showed her as a whatever that thing she did, and I was they were like someone said wait was she on last season or this season? I'm like they're like she was on this season. There are picture. Okay, so we watched through Philo, Philo, mm-hmm. or whatever that app, mm-hmm. and they show the same. Which, by the way, that Old Navy commercial is we we are where we can't take it anymore. The, where it's like the TikTok of where they're moving back I and forward. Forward like, past commercials. Okay, well, we watch it live. So, but they show the commercial for Drag Race, and the first person that drops is Elliot with two T's, and then they show a picture of Kamora when they're doing the runway challenge in the very very beginning of the season, and you're just sort of like, Jesus Christ, this this is this season. Yeah, this feels like forever. I mean, Elliot just went home two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it already feels like she left like six months ago. Like the, this, the season is just dragging out so much. Someone pointed out to me that I think either Bob or Willem pointed out. I can't remember. I don't. There's also many shows now that Den- Denali did as many episodes as Bob did on season eight. Oh my god! Yeah, because season eight's only ten episodes. It's so funny. They were so much smarter then because they knew All Stars two was happening that year. Eight, uh-huh. Season eight was a shortened season. It was only ten episodes, and then they did All Stars two. Um. So is this a greed thing? Do you like? Do you think it's just that World no, of Wonder no, no, is no. just? I I I'm thinking and I'm hoping and I'm and I'm. I think, like I told you, I think initially this was we don't know when we're going to be back. Let's just make this a really long season. You know, hopefully, yeah. But hopefully they listen and they just fucking shorten the seasons to like. Even if it's back to twelve episodes, at least we would be done next week. You know. Yeah, we're not gonna ah. Uh. Ah, uh, how wonderful would that be? <laughs> Not that I don't love doing the show and that I I don't love our listeners, but it's it's. I, but I think everybody is sort of feeling this fatigue with this season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 everyone is today's episode. Everyone's feeling what you and I feel about the judging and also they're fatigued. Right. All right. Well, Taylor. On that note, why don't we take a break and we come back? We will discuss uh, the actual uh, filming and everything else. Here we go. Now we're back. What an exciting break we had there. Yes. Thrilling. Next, Ross Matthews and Carson Cressley coach the girls as they film their commercials. Tina Burner rushes around the set and struggles with her lines. Rose makes Ross and Carson laugh. Olivia smiles too much. Simone impresses. Utica brings her dead cow, Claire, onto set. Candy rushes to make sure she finishes. And Gottmik confuses Carson and Ross with her sexy farts. Taylor, any thoughts on the in-studio part of this show? 
Um, I thought Ross as a director was really good. Mm-hmm. He, he really seemed good. really much like he knew what the visions were or knew mm-hmm. how to direct them to get certain things. Um, everything It was sort of the gamut of what we expect with this as far as that some people seem to have no idea what they were doing, particularly Gottmik. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were other people that you could tell really knocked it out of the park. I love Simone. Let me start by saying that I love Simone. Simone does the same character every every comedy thing, every, every improv or anything where she has to write the skit or anything like that, where she does that, where she has the one hand that she has up along her side and she has the wrist down with kind of where she sort of looks like she's like, you know, clutching a dollar bill kind of thing. And she does the swing around and she says something in a way that's very smart and very funny, but with the same cadence and the same tone. Um, but it, it makes us laugh every time. Similar to, you know, we've used this and the, we know they're friends with Gigi last season where she always kind of did the Kate McKinnon sort of where we're going to talk really low and we're going to talk really, you know, very monotone sort of thing. It's something that works for her. It's just sort of like, okay, this is the third time we've seen this, I feel like. And I'm, I want something a little different as far as if we're going to be acting in something, I want to see something a little different from her. I don't personally have a problem with it. And what's funny is on this particular episode where it's about branding, and we'll obviously we'll get to this when we get to the critiques, it would make sense for her to do this because it's part of her brand. And on the main stage, she got praised for it. And I don't want to get too into this right now because we'll get and then we'll get to the main stage. But then they criticize Tina for doing the same thing. Yeah. And so, like, I don't in this cha- in this challenge, you get a pass in my book at least for bringing your brand to this challenge. Go ahead. Okay, I mean, I guess that makes sense if if you look at it as a branding challenge, then mm-hmm. that does make sense. I just wish that there was something else to it yeah. i mean it was it was one of my it, it should have won it should have been one of the two winners mm-hmm. um i just feel like we're we've seen this I, even to put a slight nuance on it would be something a little bit different but mm-hmm. I, I don't know it was that was just sort of my thought about all of those um as far as the actual recordings of the uh recordings of the commercials also i feel like this is the first time they've told us they each get 30 minutes I feel like in times past they haven't said you have thirty minutes to do this. They've just said, "Okay, we, we you're you're on the clock, go." And they ha- we've never been told the actual amount. I feel in the early days they did. Oh, did you? Did you live in a haunted house? No, my chair. I need a new chair. It squeaked. Oh, that was my chair too. Oh, can't you just do WD forty? I could. I don't have any WD forty here. I think we got the farts. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, if for some reason you brought this up before and I don't know the Jada thing. It never, it never occurs to me. I never think about it. Now, maybe that's just my Simone. Oh, you said Jada. Sorry. She's on this episode. <laughs> Racist. I know. <laughs> All black queens look alike to Joe Patans. They do. Anyway, uh, well, there goes Haley Sklans and her mom. Bye. <laughs> like, again, like Laverne and Shirley waving by at the bottle. They, I do not think all white people look alike. I think her name is just in my on the tip of my tongue because she was in this episode, mm-hmm. and because she's black. Okay, now, uh, 
<laughs> no, no, no. Actually, the reality, what I was thinking about while you were talking was about how, you know, uh, Jada Essence Hall made, uh, and, and did successfully did take her look over there and turn it into a thing in her own branding style. Okay. So that's actually what I was thinking about. But going back to Simone, it never really occurred. I just never noticed it before. I know, I know it's something you've talked about. It, it came up on Reddit too. Uh, I, I, I guess I just, I never, I never clock it. I don't know why. It just, it just mm. floats right by me. Um, what I want to say was obviously I was feeling some type of way when Carson pointed out Rose's bathrobe and it had Jan on it. I would totally get one of those. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just think I just think it's kind of awesome. I, I I just I think it's great that she branded an iconic moment that she was a part of. That she was smart enough to do something like that and to re- recognize that she had, you know, pop culture gold in that mm-hmm. and to do things with it. And it's a funny mm-hmm. moment. I mean, it's been made so much into memes and everything, but yeah. I always think when I saw her wear that robe at the reunion last year and the fact that Rosé had the Jan robe on, I was just like if I wore shorty robes, I would totally wear that Jan robe around the house. I know I know a guy who's straight and wears those shorty robes, and it's kind of odd. Yeah. Well, shorty robes in – I don't think I've had a shorty robe since I, I was like maybe 11. I had a shorty robe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And even then when I think about it, why did my parents get me a shorty robe? Why did they just get me like a full-on robe? Well – Easy access. Questions. Questions for future episodes. They wanted you to get used to having easy... Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have it now for easy access. For <laughs> Bobby they Lou. wanted me to get used to have easy what? Access. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so uh, by the way, I didn't mention that Gottmik looks really cute this week. I was really feeling Gottmik and I must have been horny or something like that. Because also, Bryce never does it for me. And Bryce was mm-hmm. doing it for me this week, too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Bryce. I'm definitely a fan of the other guy. Yeah. The other guy with his with his accent. I know. I know. Um. Anyway, so uh, that was all my thoughts. Uh. You know what you were talking about, Ross, earlier with the direction. I thought it was really smart the advice he was giving about the um. Uh, the Victoria's Secret and what he was doing very writery is putting the the right words in the right places so they get the right emphasis and so it enhances the joke. So, go Ross. Um. Why do you think that is, though, that people can't – there always seems to be one queen during one of these challenges that they say, no, say it this way. And they go, okay, got it. And then they go back and say it the other – And I could see it once, but Tina had three times. She eventually yeah. got it because the final cut has the, the right way. Right. But I, we saw that earlier this season with Kamora Hall where she was the tree. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's a weird – you know, I've never been in this situation, but I mean, the fact that even if it's something where they say, you know, repeat after me, you know, Victoria, Victoria isn't, isn't the only one, the only one who has a secret. Now say that and she goes, you know, now it's not just Victoria's. I, I don't get where your brain shuts off like that. I'm wondering though, cause I just watched a video about something else, but in it, they mentioned that, um, who's an annoying gay guy who runs around the street yelling at people? Joe Patance. Yeah. Him and. Oh, um, uh, oh shit. Uh, in that show called like where they're annoying people or something like that. Or, right, know. right. Uh, he, he was on Parks and Rec and he was in Difficult People and Billy Eichner. They, they showed a clip there trying to make that point about how when you're in a stressful situation, your brain shuts off. 
and they showed a clip of Billy Eichner running up to a woman and saying, name a woman. And she couldn't name a woman. He's like, name a woman, <laughs> name a woman, any woman, name a single woman. And she's like, I, 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 and he just runs off. And they were talking about when you're in those high pressure situations, your brain, the ability to do critical thinking shuts down. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. it's something like that where she's in this high pressure, pressure situation. So in her head that, uh, she couldn't do it. I don't know. Uh, all right, it's Elimination Day, and the queens get ready for the runway. The girls have a discussion about their personal brands. Tina's brand is fire. Rosé sees herself as a comedian. Tina doubts Rosé's comedic abilities, and Rosé shades Tina for her mediocre performance throughout the season. Candy opens up about a gay bashing incident from her past, and Gottmik commends Rosé for her beastly makeup. Taylor, the latte boy, any thoughts on this Elimination Day? Well, I mean, I feel like we have to talk about the gay bashing sure. that uh, that Candy did. I, I it, This helps... This was smart on the producer's part, I think, to help open up the eyes to some people who really have had a bad taste in their mouth because of candy over the course of this season. And um, I I felt a little for her, and it helps me to understand why she is so acerbic. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't make it excusable, um, but it also helps me to see why why she has felt the need to fight. I mean, if she if she that, that sounds like a traumatic. You know, this this isn't just being pushed up against a locker kind of thing. Not that that's fun either, but I mean, this is. I mean, if, if her arm was broken by these three guys and it happened in middle school, mm-hmm. you know, that to me says, you know, that that's something that stays with you. That's a trauma that absolutely stays with you. And, and if you, where it almost sends you to that place of where small things you feel threatened, you know, before maybe when you weren't expecting it, you get you got beat down. So you're gonna you're gonna be the attacker before you get attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of interesting things that are not super obvious and obvious in this whole segment about Candy is earlier, I can't remember why, Candy says, maybe it's in, in this context, you know, that she actually holds back. And I was like, you hold back? I'm like, oh God, I don't want to see you unleashed, right? <laughs> but what's funny, too, is after Candy talks about this later on, as they're still talking about it, Rosé says to Candy, you know, I knew you one way in New York. And it's been amazing and beautiful to see you, a, a fuller side of you, and to know that you're kind of a sweet person. I'm paraphrasing. Kind of a sweet person. And I was thinking, well, we haven't seen that. I'm not necessarily blaming Candy or Rosé, but what I'm saying is, like, have the editors done a disservice in terms of the storyline and the arc they're trying to present by not showing us a complete picture of Candy? We've seen glimpses of it in the past few weeks because now, and this goes to the Coopery and the tomfoolery and the stunt shows, they're trying mm-hmm. to win us back on Candy, but I think they may have pushed too far, and it's going to be hard yeah. to go back in. But um, but then they didn't show us that part. They didn't show us uh, – we got glimpses of it, but we haven't really seen that side that they're talking – I'm not doubting it exists, but we haven't seen that complete picture. They've, they've um, rendered her down to a caricature. Well, and we t- I talked about this with you during the Meet the Queens that I feel like she's the one that's going to have the arc. She's the one that's going to have the where you hate her and then by the end you're rooting for her sort of thing. And this is definitely where – I mean, you know, we've only got 43 episodes left to really mm-hmm. kind of get to that point of where that's going to be what happens. And I feel like this is where they're trying to show her in that way. Um, and in the beginning, there were so many other queens for what felt like so long that they never really had a chance to – they didn't want that to – they didn't want that storyline to bloom too quickly, but I almost wonder if it, like you're saying, I almost wonder if it bloomed too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky situation. I don't know. 
uh, I, I don't know if they, because even now I know what they're doing, but like, but we can see it. It's so obvious. It's so patently right. obvious right now. But this is similar to, similar to the girls know to expect the question of who should go home this week. We as listeners, especially the very f- rabid fan base, mm-hmm. know there are, pe- there are people that watch this show and they just, they just, you know, you know, pop a bowl of popcorn and they just sit they, and they don't think about it. They That's just most watch people. drag That's queens. Most and that is people. most people. But then you've got people like you and I and a lot of the people that are in the chat room right now and a lot of those hardcore listeners and the people that go on Reddit and the people that follow them all on social media and stuff mm-hmm. that are very much of where we know what beats to we, – we can tell almost immediately – which ones are going to be in the top half versus which ones are going to be filler queens. Mm -hmm. And we're getting better. We're getting better at playing the game, just like the uh, contestants are getting better at playing the game. And this is another example of that. We are, we are seeing the puppet strings being pulled at this point. Mm -hmm. And those of us who are really kind of watching this and there, at some point it becomes offensive to a way that you sort of like you like I get that you're trying to manipulate my feelings and I know what you're trying to do and I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to allow it. But then on the other hand, I just got done saying I feel for Candy when she's talking about this. If this story had come episode four, mm-hmm. I would have been sort of like, eh, whatever. So you got beat up. That sucks. You know, well, you can feel both. You can feel oh, yeah. both, I, I'm, I am not Team Candy in any way, but no, shape, I or know, form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's where. But but there are people now that are going to think, "Oh, Candy's been such a bitch mm-hmm. all season," mm-hmm. and they're going to look at this, and go, "Oh God, now I really want Candy to win because she had a horrible experience in middle school." Mm-hmm. There are going to be people out there like that. You know this congressman Lindsey Graham. I'd prefer not to, but yes, I know who I he know, is. Yeah, horrible human being. Hmm. Horrible human being. Mm-hmm. And it appears to me, I have no evidence, he seems to me like a self-hating, closeted homosexual. I would completely agree with that. And I hate him. I think he is so conniving and just uh, a weasel, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other side, there is a pity that I have on him. Like, imagine the hell he lives in. In that, uh, like, every time he comes inside of a prostitute, he just probably weeps. The prostitute has to, probably, like, for the hour, it's 20 minutes of fucking and 40 minutes of holding him as he weeps. You know? <laughs> well, and, I don't think he's coming in prostitutes. I have a feeling prostitutes oh, are coming in him. Good point. But, but still the weeping. As as we've potentially heard. Yeah, maybe. About allegedly Lady G. Yeah. But uh, and I'm sure he has a plan to be straight for the last years of his life, so he goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I was I was putting a correlation to yeah. what you were talking about right there. Yeah. So um, so you can do both. I do feel sorry for him, but I still do not like the person. Right. Well, I, there's feeling sorry for somebody, and there's pitying them, and I think those are two different things. You know, he has the ability at this point. You know, uh, Lindsey Graham has the ability at some point to set to to correct his actions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that would be where you you would not necessarily you know I wouldn't feel sorry for him, but I would I would I would appreciate the attempt to, to do better. Mm-hmm. But he has no interest in doing that because he is looking for the path of least resistance, and he is looking to be where he is going. You know, whatever, however he benefits. 
in this. That's what he's going to do. In that regards, I just sort of pity him. You know, you use the phrase hate. I don't hate, you know, hate is a strong word. Indifference is the best, is the best revenge. Mm-hmm. Where you just sort of think like you're just a horrible person, and I'm not going to give you any more thought or energy than I have to, mm-hmm. you know. Because when you, when you hate somebody, that means that you're invested in their well being, good, bad, or otherwise, mm-hmm. you know. And that's not, you know, I, there there's only been one person that I can think of that I hate, and <sighs> uh, over the last four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I hate. I think the fact you've been that on the show for like five years. <laughs> and I hate the fact that I allowed myself to have become so invested in what he did to all of us mm-hmm. that you know it it took away it took away my energy and it took away, it took away from my well being and it you know I allowed myself to get invested and I ha- was nothing compared to some of my clients when they would talk about him. Mm-hmm. On that note, it's time for <laughs> the looks. The looks. All, All right. right. This week, the category is beast. Oh, wait. Well, you know what? I actually have that. This week, the category is beast. Uh, <laughs> Taylor, um, this is the part where you just, where you shine. Go ahead. Thank you. So first up was Utica who came out in an outfit that was actually sort of inspired. I didn't realize it until I looked at her Instagram today on Beauty and the Beast with the beast horns. That's what she was going oh. for. But she came out in a one-shouldered fur uh, dress that was black fur with uh, little yellow and orange like kind of foxtails all over it mm-hmm. with long black hair and uh, uh, smeared mascara that looked like it was running down her face. Absolutely gorgeous. She looked amazing. One of the strongest looks that I've said. I would say I like this look more than the sleeping bag look uh, from earlier in the season. And that's a fair argument to make going with the goopery on the main stage. You're like, meh. And I'm like, fuck you. It's not meh. That is a stunning look. Yes. No, absolutely. She was absolutely gorgeous. Next up was Candy Muse in a green screen (laughs) bodysuit with a inflatable... I guess it was supposed to be an alien kind of strap behind her with fur over her tits and her her crotchal region, um, and just absolutely horrible. Just, just she, just, she just looked she she looked like somebody who had had on a costume earlier in the night at a Halloween party and was sweaty and over and overheated. So she eventually took off the costume and was just sort of walking around in this outfit. It it's, was just it's it a was, dreadful look. It's awful. It's it's awful. It's, it's so. We're not even trying. We're not even trying. Yeah. So then next up is Tina Burner, who kind of gave um, sort of a Five Nights at Freddy's look of where she had multiple uh, stuffed animals that were all kind of stitched together and in an outfit that I thought was actually a lot of fun. The makeup was barely there, um, but the actual costume itself, I thought the construction and everything was really, really amazing and looked really looked really great. I even loved the stuffed cotton that was coming out of her shoulder to kind of make sort of like a shoulder pad sort of thing. By the way, Five Nights uh, at Freddy's is a video game that Taylor's referencing. Five Nights at Freddy's is a video game that I don't quite understand how it how you play it, but mm-hmm. I just know that it's not anything I have any interest in. So, next up is Simone giving furry realness <laughs> as yeah. a sexy fox, mm-hmm. uh, a, a sexy uh, fox in a in a um, 
and a, a tank top that's a tank top cutoff and and short jeans and I thought the outfit was great. It looked a little costumey to me, um, but the execution of it was really good. It, lo- well, it looked like something costume. that. Yeah, I know it is a costume compared to a outfit, but yeah. still it was she 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 didn't wear the costume. She the costume didn't wear her, she wore the costume, so she looked okay. great. Um next up is Gotmik and her nipples coming out in an outfit that was supposed to be sort of like a demon face uh with large eyeballs as her shoulders. Uh another a great executed outfit. I thought it was really great. I loved her hair, kind of this sort of Elvira sort of big beehive um, Mars attacks kind of thing. I thought everything about this was really great, really well executed. I am tired of looking at her nipples, however. Um, Next up is Olivia Lux, who came out in a blue and light blue and almost a neon green or an acid green outfit with uh, her face painted blue. Uh, Looked great. I thought another well executed outfit uh, with a lot of texture and patterns to it. So there was always something to look at, particularly if you looked at the actual bodysuit itself. There was lots of things. There was lots of details and things to look at in that regard. And finally, we had Rosé. And Rosé came out looking sort of like a devil in... This is going to go down as one of my favorite outfits of the season. Oh, so wow. that this Because this was flawless in how she executed this. Um, everything about it, there wasn't any exposed skin... Um, that was, that was our natural skin tone. Um, the outfit itself was just amazing. I love the fact that the fingernails were all super long and pointy. So it just extended, it extended the silhouette to some degree of it and the hair, everything, everything about it was, there's not a single thing that she did wrong with this look and it's incredible. And those are the looks. Those, oh wow, that is a very concise, when someone has to be somewhere, someone's a little concise. (laughs) Uh, that's not why that's not why I just I just was thinking about this last night and I know the ones I liked and I know the ones I didn't and so I figured I could just burn through them really fast all right now let's talk about the commercials we don't have to necessarily go through each one if unless you want to we can give hot button takes on them if you want but um let's talk about the commercials how about Utica's first Utica's your your hot take on it my hot take on Utica's was that it was weird but Utica's weird yeah it was weird Uh uh-huh and but you know what they were talking about the whole like I wouldn't understand this and I wouldn't get the whole thing and and I, it reminded me in some ways of the Skittles commercials mm-hmm. where if you did a series the, like the first Skittles commercial that they are the one that they show is of the guy on the beach that's milking a giraffe and he's pouring Skittles out of the giraffe's udders mm-hmm. have you seen that one no are you okay are you high. No, it's it's one of these where the, the, Skittles has a series of commercials like that. But that one in particular is very where you watch you're like what the fuck am I watching? But if anything it makes you remember the drink. So I would think that a drink like that would actually make you remember you know the the drink plus the whole idea of the licking the can and stuff. I yeah. thought that it was I I thought that it made sense to me, mm-hmm. you know, in that regards because she is so weird and then where she's doing the weird thing where she's just randomly running through a field and Yeah. I, I thought that the I thought that the critiques were not fair, but I, I feel a rant coming on shortly, so we'll, yeah. we'll we could talk, discuss that more then. Well, again, um, I wouldn't have a. It didn't make any sense. I wouldn't have a problem if it didn't feel so much like the thumb was on the scale, and so yeah. they were. So, like in other words, it's a fair critique, but yet other ones that made no sense or whatnot were praised. Even though I don't know if any of those got praised, but like. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. So, uh, next one, I just put weird. Candy Muse, her commercial. It was horrible. It was awful. It was absolutely horrible. It made no sense. I do, this is one of these situations in which it is so the laughter. Like, you can tell when Rue is really laughing at yeah. something and when Rue is doing the, I have to laugh because I've got to keep this person on for another couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly what this was. Yeah. And I, I the, the timing was off. And again, it's, I understand that it's branding, but it's Candy doing the exact same thing that Candy always does mm-hmm. in everything she does. Yeah. And that combined with the look, I, 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 I just sat there with my mouth open while they were talking about where they were all heaping mm-hmm. praise on her for this incredible, for this incredible commercial that was just utter bullshit. It was awful. It was just bullshit. It was awful. It was awful. The the laughter felt so forced and so fake. I wrote maybe now maybe someone explain to me what was the name of her drink? K what? The the K special. The K special. Is that some sort of like special K drug joke? Yes, but, and like a K hole kind of thing. And they, but they were laughing think- as if it was like super funny, and it was not good. It was just not good. And it seems like whenever she says like bitch, they just think it's so funny when she says bitch. We saw this when she did when they did the improv one where they were like how funny she was and she wasn't funny. It's like no. they're trying to sell us something that it, it it it's to be honest with you, as much as RuPaul hates Donald Trump and the Republicans, it feels a lot like that same kind of propaganda that the that the republicans do when they make their weird points you know where you're like what are you talking about it almost makes us wonder it almost makes you wonder how often have they done this to us in the past but this is just so blatant <laughs> this is so beyond the pale yeah. that we were we didn't necessarily recognize that we were told to love particular queens because mm-hmm. they told us you know they told us over time that we were supposed to love particular queens, yeah. no, no, but it was, no, no. it was, it was, it was, it was by far, she should have been in the bottom for that. She should have been in the bottom. And if they were trying to send Utica home, maybe they weren't because, okay, let's talk about Tina Burner. And the, 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 the sentiment on Reddit is behind, I don't know how you, if you feel the same way that I do, but is what I'm going to say right now. I know there's a lot of sentiment that feels the same way I do, which is, I think we all felt it was time for Tina to go. That her time on the show was coming to an end. But it shouldn't have been this way. The means right. don't justify the end here. And the story producers, obviously, or the producers obviously felt it was time for Tina to go. And so they just fucking jammed that in, like, in the, the peg trying to go in the round, the square peg trying to go in the round hole. And trying to make that fit. Because I watched Tina's knowing she was going to go home. And was like, let me see for this piece of shit. And it was clear. I understood it. Did I say it was the funniest thing ever? No. But I, we just seen Utica. We just seen Candies. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. This one, I see. I see where she's going. It makes sense. It, uh, it sells it the brand. It to her brand. It speaks to her brand. Does she yeah. landed the Victoria's Secret joke because they edited it right? And like, it was a competent, if anything, it was a safe commercial. Yes. It was safe. Yes. And her look was safe. She's just safe in this season. And for her to be in the bottom two, when we can make arguments for almost everyone except Rose and Simone, is ridiculous. She yeah. should have gone home, but not this way. 
Right. No, I th- I think that it was a I said I thought that it was going to be Utica versus Olivia. Well, we were talking my husband and I were talking at the commercial break. I said it was going to be Utica versus Olivia so that they can send Utica home. Mm-hmm. Um and was very surprised when that when it was when it was Tina in the bottom. Um but also Tina's been kind of a non-entity for most of this season, so I guess maybe they're just looking at her as sort of you know, at least at least Olivia and Utica, they each have a win mm-hmm. um, and they have where they bring something to storylines, whereas Tina's just been sort of in the background this whole time. So maybe they just sort of thought it was time for her to go. But and that, and I, I agree with you. That's fine. But the but the justification they have for sitting at home does not make any sense. And it oh, rendered and it, everything. They it doesn't make. Did you watch Untucked? Yeah. OK. And she talks about that. Yeah, I checked all the boxes. I did everything they said they were supposed to do. They were talking about the fact that it speaks like it's kind of like what my brand is. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it just feels like okay, well, it's the housewife thing. That's my brand. That's what, what I do. It makes sense. But what's funny is that Olivia and Simone start to work work the logic backwards because they've obviously heard the critique and they and they somehow justify it in their head. And I go, how? It doesn't make any sense. Gottmik's commercial was awful. All right. And yeah. the look you can kind of say was like, we've seen that. It's so funny because they're telling Tina they keep doing the same thing. And they're not wrong. The red, the yellow, and the orange. But Gottmik does the same exact shit. We see her fucking nipples every single motherfucking time. Everything's exact. Not to say the looks aren't good, but it's the same fucking thing every week. Well, she changed up her makeup this week. Okay, great. So did Tina. You know? So... Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's in the same episode. They're giving, they, they just, it's psychotic. It's yeah. psychotic. And yeah. so they should just be honest and be like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. Anyway, let's move on. Simone was fantastic. I thought it was great. It was funny. Made Simone sense. was funny. It was, it was very funny as yeah. much as I said the thing about the, the, the cadence and the voice and everything. It was, it was, it was a, it was a fun, we laughed at it. And I almost wish that they don't share some of the jokes when they're showing them recording it. Yeah. Because I feel like it would have more of a pop to it if they mm-hmm. you actually saw the commercials, you know, without seeing the jokes that are involved yeah. in it. Like when you're actually watching it the second the the the, the full time. Um Got Mick, her commercial. Horrible. Horrible. And it was absolutely horrible. It reminded me of you often see this with pretty girls when they when they try to be funny. And their mm-hmm. idea of funny is like showing them farting or their makeup is messed up or they're doing like, they're, look at me, I'm gross. I'm yeah. so gross. You know, like I'm going to, and water's going to pour all over me. And you're like, okay, that's not funny. Like to them, yeah. they're making a dumb face. And so that means they're funny. And you're like, yeah. oh God, it's awful. It was awful. It made no <laughs> sense. Anyway, yeah. Olivia. Olivia's was boring. This is boring. Olivia's was boring and and poorly acted. Um, so I feel like she should have been, you know, there there was a possibility that she was going to be in the well. She was in the bottom. They they just told her she was safe. Yeah, but uh, it not not great, not great and because of the fact that they talked about the fact that she's smiling all the time. I mean, and that is that is a good note. I mean, you're supposed to be miserable, mm-hmm. and then you find this you find this soda, and then suddenly you're happy. But, I mean, the fact that she couldn't necessarily do that, she couldn't take the notes. I mean, you are really making an argument as to why Olivia should have been in the bottom, too, which you said earlier, because 
Was her commercial horrible? No, but it's worse than Tina's. And was her outfit horrible? No, but it was worse than Tina's. So, like, just on points alone, she should have been in the bottom two with Utica. Even though you can um, make- I, I don't know that... Uh, I, I don't know the argument can be made for. I would say that Olivia's outfit and Tina's outfit were on par with each other. They were okay. both about the Even same. Even then, if you're looking at points, uh, Olivia's commercial is just a notch below Tina's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I. that's why I said well, during the commercial, I said it's going to be Olivia versus Utica, and then they're going to send... They're going to send you to go home. Yeah. And that's But they could have done... I mean, they could have done that. I don't... It's, I don't know. Rosé. Was great. It was a fun commercial. She made fun of herself. I love the fact that she kind of was making fun of Michelle's critiques the whole time. So... But that's similar to last season with Jada making fun of her gaze anatomy character mm-hmm. in her commercial... So kind of bringing it back. And that also is showing that she's paying attention to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back on the main stage, Simone and Rosé both win the challenge. Meanwhile, Tina Burner and Utica find themselves in the bottom two and forced to engage in a lip sync battle for their lives. A song, My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. In the end, Utica cheers when she hears Shantae you stay. That same old weird yeah, that's not kid a thing. Meanwhile, yeah. Tina Burner is you know next week you're gonna hear dancing in like you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. Tina Burner is told to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Let's talk about the I love the Yeah, let's talk about I love Utica's lip sync. I thought Utica's lip sync was fun. And the fact that I think that she had her eyes uh the the contacts in helped with that whole creepy at one point she looked like she was floating along the back of the stage. At one point, and it was it was a it was a really fun lip sync to watch. Whereas I felt like Tina's Tina was at a disadvantage with that outfit for one thing, you know, because she couldn't necessarily show a whole lot with her body, and uh, also she was there, there. There seemed to be a little bit of a desperation in some of her moves mm-hmm. um, that was not fun to watch. I'll be honest with you; I slightly disagree with you. I actually think that both lip syncs were on par. Okay. Uh, with each other, and uh, once again, they I think they wasted the double Shantae a couple weeks ago, and they probably should have done it here. You could have made an argument, like they were both. You could, you could have, but I mean, between the two, I enjoyed Utica's more. Okay, that's fine. I, I they were on par for me. Like they were both very different approaches to the song. How do you? What did you think of this choice as a song for a lip sync? I didn't think it was a good choice. It's a, it's a weird because it is. There's a lot of male singing in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a lot of male rapping in it but it was it was still it was it's a fun song just similar to drag race uk ending with i'm still standing yeah which is an elton john song um it was it was fun it, it, it was it was uh, I, i'll be curious if they include more male lip syncs in, in the future similar to the way they do it with drag race uk mm-hmm. all right very good any other final thoughts on the episode nope all right well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.